Hi, friends, and welcome to the Joyful Health Show. This week, Casey and I talk with Paige Jackson of Grass Grazed Farms about her journey with her family to creating and running a regenerative farm in North Carolina. Paige talks about how connecting with our food and how it's grown can help us steward God's creation and move into a place of gratitude for our food and ultimately reverence for God. We hope this episode opens your eyes to the goodness of God and to the gift of food and that it spurs you on in your joyful health journey. If you like this episode and you haven't already, would you go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes? This way, more people can discover joyful health by grace. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, a personal trainer. And together, we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today, Casey and I have the honor of interviewing Miss Paige Jackson of Grass Grazed. And Paige, we're excited to talk to her about something kind of different than our usual topic. We're going to be talking about how connecting with our food leads to better health and gratitude in the Lord. So welcome, Paige. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I'm super excited. Paige and I have been friends since high school. So that's, I don't know, like 20 years now. (laughs) You're going to have to plan our reunion soon. Um, Oh my goodness. No, I'm not. (laughs) You did it last time. Um, But I have been able to get kind of like a firsthand look at Paige's story of how they moved from being a military family to now owning their own farm, having five kids. I've been there and I... I can't wait to share about it. And it was the best food I've ever eaten. I still dream about that dinner that you made us. So um, <laughs> so a little bit about Paige, if y'all don't know her. Um, so she is a regenerative farm manager of Grass Grazed Farm based in Durham, North Carolina. And we can link that as well in the show notes. So Grass Grazed is a pasture-based regenerative farm focusing on soil health and sustainable farming practices. The farm raises pork, chicken, and cattle. So she and her family strive to offer transparency from farm to table for all of their customers. Okay, so Paige, um, I'm just so excited to be able to give people kind of um, a firsthand look at what, like you are the one who is so intimately connected with the ground, with growing um, with growing our food. And I, like I said, I got to taste Paige made us um us and our family chicken that they had grown and processed maybe that day um, and cornbread with like some butter that they had homemade from their cows and we got to milk cows and it was just this amazing experience and I think my eyes were opened as to um, how much time and energy goes into making our food um, and how these are real people that make our food but also like the design um that she pointed out to me with with the pigs and the chickens and the cows kind of all working in tandem so um Paige can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this how did you transition um from military life to farming um and how did you see the Lord in that 
Yeah. Um, so first of all, thank you, uh, Aubrey and Casey, for having me. This is um, really cool to be able to share with your audience. So thanks again for having me today. Um, yeah. So my husband, uh, Derek, he was in the military for about 14 years. And during that time, um, you know, I was a military spouse. I would say if, you know, someone, um, if I introduced myself, I probably would include military spouse. <laughs> like that would be in my bio. Um, because the military really defined us for, you know, a number of years. And a part of that, um, you know, we definitely uh, went through a lot of trials, like over time with um, our family and just kind of, you know, raising children. And Derek, uh, because of his job, uh, he, he traveled a lot. And uh, by the time we had four kids, he was um, pretty active in uh, special operations. And so that would mean he would deploy every uh, six months. He would, you know, travel um, sometimes locally or overseas every three months. Um, and, you know, so it was like this constant, just like he was gone all the time. Uh, and, you know, it reached a point where we said, Hey, this is kind of taking a toll on our family and our kids are getting older. You know, you're missing a lot of things. Is this really what we want to do with our life? Um, and at the time, uh, I feel like the Lord had his hand on all of this because at this time, uh, we, or not, we, I would say Derek was experiencing some issues with his gut. And so, you know, I feel like gut health is now a little bit more common. <laughs> like people kind of understand that terminology uh, when I say like, oh, issues with your gut. So, um, so Derek had, um, you know, had been experiencing some digestive issues and he saw his like special trainer nutritionist and they're like, oh, you know, you're in the best shape of your life. There's, you know, like just take these pills and, and it'll make it better. And, uh, he kind of really hated that. <laughs> he was like, I don't feel like I should have to take, you know, medication to make me feel better. Like, you know, what's the root cause? And so, um, yeah, so kind of, we went through this, like, I guess, trial of really like trying to really figure out more about where our food was coming from. And, uh, that then led us to, uh, supporting local farmers and going to farmers markets and just really trying to have uh, a sense of visibility, and uh, traceability for our food. Um, so then we eventually had a chicken farmer that we were getting chicken from, and he ran out of chicken. And Derek was like, this is crazy. How does a chicken farmer run out of chicken? Uh, so he decides to grow the chicken himself. And at that time, we lived in an HOA neighborhood, which was totally illegal to raise chickens. I mean, you could have like a couple of backyard <laughs> like laying hens, but he was like, we raise meat birds. And that was not allowed. Uh, but, you know, it didn't matter to him because he was set on doing it. He he ordered them and texted me after he did it. And I'm pregnant with baby number five at this point. And so it's just kind of like, I don't really know what's happening, but okay. So we, you know, we, we did it. Um, raised chickens, start to finish. We processed them ourselves um, because people, we found out like after the fact that you can't take 25 birds to go get processed, mm -hmm. <laughs> like they will laugh at you, which they laughed at us. Um, so because we did you all need more birds ourselves from start to finish. You need way more. Okay. Um, so they, when we call the processor, they're like, so do you, you mean like 2,500 <laughs> or like 
like, what do you, cause we, we don't do 25 and they're like, you, you can just call a friend for that. And we're like, what? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we, you know, we just, we learned a lot, mm-hmm. uh, during that time. And, and this is all kind of, like I said, at a point where Derek and his career, like we were really experiencing a lot of tension with our family. And so, um, you know, he, he and I both just made the decision, like, Hey, we're going to get out. Like we're going to get out of the military. And so while we're doing this like backyard farm thing, uh, he then realizes because, you know, we have like friends and like people at the gym who are like, Hey, like I would buy that chicken from you. Like, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw a need like, and we saw like, Hey, like there's kind of a, a like a, a demand for traceability, um, with your food and kind of understanding where it's coming from. And, you know, like this is, this could be something. Uh, and I'll never forget Derek, like it was like late one night and he had like a little like dry erase board and he's like doing numbers. And he's like, this could be a business. <laughs> we could do, we could, we could raise chicken and it could be a business. And, uh, and I was just like, I mean, <laughs> you're crazy, but you know, the more that I like thought about it, I realized like, Hey, like, yeah, this is, you know, this is more than just a farm. Like this is, or, you know, making money even this is really, um, a way of life and it can be a way of life and a way of life that could really bring a sense of intentionality that we, we had not had for years, you know? And he was like, you know, and I could just, I remember just like the excitement, like in his face, like he's like, and and I can be home and like, and I can like, you know, I don't have to leave. I, I will be around like in the morning at night, like all the things, like I can take my kids to work with me because I will be working with my family. And he's like, this is like the best job. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of what we did. So we launched a farm and, um, we did it in 2019, which was the start of the pandemic, which is super crazy. (laughs) It's like, who does that? We did that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just to kind of sum it up, like things kind of just took off really fast and we, had to just, you know, scale really quickly in order to meet the demand um, for the farm. So uh, that's just that's what we did. And here we are now. Oh, wow. I love that story because, well, first I have to note that I tried to take two, three roosters to the meat oh, processor. Wow. And you can imagine how much they laughed at me <laughs> if you tried 25. <laughs> <laughs> We ended up selling yeah. them at auction, but yeah, that's <laughs> oh, so funny. funny. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, but it's really cool how God just opened up, you know, he kind of plants a seed here, plants a seed there. And then just like all of a sudden there's this big opportunity um, that that is available to you guys. So that's amazing to hear. So I am curious, you know, as you guys started, as you guys started the farm, that was probably a lot of work and time put into food did that affect your relationship with food at all like did you um did you find it improved your relationship to be spending all that time growing the animals or did you find that you were like I don't want to think about food anymore well I would say that growing our food and I mean I'm I'm gonna take it back to like the very first like 25 chickens that we did. Um, 
I remember just being kind of like amazed at like, whoa, we grew this. Like, this is like, we, we grew this, <laughs> you know, like it was just kind of this really cool, um, experience and almost just like this moment of just like pride of like, oh man, like, you know, kind of like building a house or something like, you know, we actually steward, we stewarded God's creation in order to, you know, be able to like feed ourselves. And like, that's just so beautiful. Um, and that, uh, was something that I think has continued to grow on me. And I think that that message has continued to just like embed in me and it's changed the way that I view food. It's changed the way that I, um, yeah, just I view the whole system, if you will. Um, and I think that it's not only changed my perspective, I know that it's also changed my kids' perspective. Um, in a lot of ways that I don't think that I ever really imagined. Um, because yeah, like you do work a, like really, really hard. Um, and that does come with a lot of sacrifice and that can be, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it can be very challenging at times. Um, and there've been many times where I've wanted to just say, forget this, <laughs> like, um, but at the end of the day, I think that, um, taking on ownership of this aspect of our, um, sustainability, I guess maybe is the best way, like in the, in the way of sustaining ourselves, it's just given me like, it's, it's refined me, it's refined me, and it is continuing to refine me. And it has given me um, just a lot of respect. And um, yeah, just like reflection on, again, like, you know, if we're taking it, I feel like this is so great because I can talk about God. And sometimes I can't talk about God on podcasts, but just like reflecting on like the dominion mandate, you know, like, the dominion mandate when we look in Genesis is talking about, you know, when Adam and Eve are created and like, Hey, like, and now like you have this responsibility to oversee creation. Um, and just to be able to say like, and we are stewarding God's creation. It's a ministry that I don't think that my husband and I ever, um, visioned that we would be a part of, but we really do view it as a ministry. And so if you're, when you're saying like, is it hard work? Yeah, it's hard. Like it's absolutely hard and it's exhausting, but what ministry is not, you know? Um, but ultimately like I would say without a doubt, it's for God's glory and, um, and yeah. And, and that, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough. Okay. So it's how good. have you seen specifically <laughs> God's glory being shown? Because for me, I can say that my, perspective when I visited and you kind of showed me the whole sustainable cycle of your animals, my mind was blown a little bit of like, wow, each of these animals support one another and God created this. Like he has so much to orchestrate that we do not even take care to see and like, he's going to do it anyways. And when we get to be a part of that, an intimate part of that, then we get to see him like we are in awe and then we get to glorify him and praise him like, wow, you have created the structure and this, um, the way that animals and the land can grow together and that we can grow together for so long. And sometimes we just get to experience it. And, um, now, you know, and it's like, he's been doing this all along. And so we get to take part in that. So can you describe what is, what is regenerative (laughs) farming? Yeah. So regenerative, I mean, if you look at the word regenerative, it's basically saying like renewing and I'm, I'm going to just kind of not get into the whole like soil science-y things. 
Um, but with regenerative agriculture, we believe in regenerating and bringing a new. Um, and so in order to do that, we believe in, you know, utilizing nature to do that. Like when we, and I think it's, it's interesting because when we said like, Hey, we're going to become farmers, we could have said like, we're going to be commercial farmers. But, um, when we looked at the type of farm that we wanted to be, we really did want it to be in line with, um, a lot of our values and a lot of our principles as Christians. And so we just did not see another way. <laughs> I was like, this, this kind of is just the way to do it, you know? Um, and so with that being said, you know, we focus on soul health and uh, we don't use things like glyphosate uh, or any type of, you know, pesticides or chemicals that are needed um, because ultimately uh, grass is what feeds us. And so you really can't have um, nutrient dense food unless you are like, actually utilizing grass <laughs> because that is, you know, and again, I'm not trying to get super sciencey, but like, um, the microbiome that is, uh, present like in cows, because cows are like the best example of this. Um, so cows aren't necessarily, I mean, they are eating grass, but they're really benefiting from the nutrients that take place inside of the grass. So when a cow chews that grass and the cud, and then it like, breaks it down. And then over time, over two to three years, you then can eat a hundred percent grass fed cow because what it's done is it's taken that grass and it's then made it into beef. And, you know, um, which is really interesting because if you go out there and try to eat a plate of grass, it's probably not going to taste really good. Uh, however, <laughs> you can absolutely eat, um, grass-fed beef, which is extremely nutrient dense. I mean, it's, um, I would say it even has healing properties because, uh, when we're looking at nature's design, like you cannot tell me that God did not create and design nature in this way in order for us to be able to benefit. Right. So, um, so I see that played out with particularly livestock, but again, I mean, this is done with produce. This is done, um, in a lot of ways. And, now, regenerative agriculture, I feel like it's kind of becoming like a trendy thing. Like people are like, oh, you know, regenerative. Um, but within that, there are some principles that take place. Like we rotate all of our animals um, on pasture. So our cows get moved every day. Um, and that's intentional um, because you like for one, because their manure needs to be spread throughout uh, the pastures, but also the chickens then go behind the cows and they scratch through that manure and they spread that along the farm as well. And that helps give them nutrients that they need. Um, and then we also have pigs that are raised in the woods and we rotate them every seven to 10 days from paddock to paddock through the woods. It is absolutely possible to raise pigs on pasture um, or in the woods. I, I feel like I, I can still say that to people and they will be like, I've never heard of that. And it's like, well, it's very possible. <laughs> I think we've kind of created these um, constructs in our mind of like, animals being raised in CAFOs and a CAFO is a confined, um, operating, wait, CAFO, confined animal operating, um, facility. So essentially it's like a cage for an animal, um, where they don't see the light of day. They just are there to just get fat and then process. <laughs> um, however, you know, if you look at a pig, a pig has, 
uh, a snout. And like, what do they do? Like they love to root. And when they root, like a pig acts as a tiller. So, you know, they can actually prepare your garden beds or, you know, whatever you need next, because, um, that's really what they're good at doing. And, you know, and the rooting mechanism that they have naturally, um, I mean, it's, they use it to like find acorns and nutrients, like things that are bugs, like in the ground. And if a pig isn't raised outdoors, then it's kind of hard for them to do that. And also like the amount of vitamin D that they're able to absorb is, I mean, I've read research and tests on it. I mean, it's like completely uh, like different than, I don't even think they, I don't even know if you can find like pasture raised lard in a, in a grocery store. Um, but I cook in lard all the time. Lard is like my butter. Um, and I know without a doubt, like this is very healthy for you. Um, and lard has gotten a bad rap over time. Um, and more because of like the industrial revolution. And we could talk about that for a long, long time. But I think that that's also really kind of, um, played a part in the way that we have viewed, um, agriculture and also like in light of just like convenience um the more that we kind of grew and expanded as a country we were like well we kind of just need to make things super easy um so you know milk I could talk about that for a long time too it's (laughs) it's like a never-ending cycle of like things that we I think did in order to like shortcut but in doing that we kind of like missed out on the beauty of the way that God intended it to be um So sorry, that was a long, long answer. (laughs) No, I love that. I love all the science um, because it's pointing, like you said, it's pointing to the beauty of the way God intended things to be um, and just like the completeness of his creation. So (laughs) I'm thinking about, um, you know, a lot of, I feel like we've come, we've just come out of, you know, diet culture has kind of swung the opposite way to where it's now like, oh, eat all protein and fat and just don't eat any veggies or carbs, but like not that long ago, it was don't eat any of these animals. Um, you know, they're all treated badly. Like they all, they're, they're never healthy for you. There's no like good system. And we're seeing that, you know, the way you're doing it. And I think that's kind of based on the way that like these ancient agricultural societies, including Israel, used to raise their animals. They would, you know, pasture them, they'd prepare the land, and then they would even um, plant in the land afterwards. And that was nutrient dense for the people who were consuming those things. So it's just kind of a, usually when we swing to one extreme or the other, uh, we're missing out on this beautiful place in the middle that God has um has ordained for us. Yeah, the grace space. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, as you made this transition for your family and you um, also like as the, the people that you work with, um, has it shaped? And I know I know with that first question, you do work hard. <laughs> and I want to point that out to people because it does, it is hard work. It is hard work to... Um, take care of the animals in this kind of loving way and to um, raise them this way and to process food, whether you're, you know, you're growing plants or you're growing animals, um, but it's good work. Yeah. Sorry. Can I have a quick personal note on that? (laughs) Well, so our family visited Paige's farm and after two days, Maddox, which I'm sure he'd be fine telling you this because he said this before. He's like, I'm done with farm life. (laughs) 
like we really like you don't the cows can't take a break from milking <laughs> in the morning you know it's not like you can just sleep in if you want to like these cows need to be taken care of they're living creatures and they need to be milked every single morning you know and so we're like well what do you do if you want to go on vacation and all of these things were blowing our mind as far as like oh you y'all work so hard this is a hard job and you know, even going to see the pigs, it was like we were seeing snakes in the grass and, you know, <laughs> little things that we were just were not used to. So, um, y'all, they work so hard. And, and I mean, I helped Paige like process some milk and there's so many steps involved, but being able to taste the fruit of their labor is like, I will never forget that. It was seriously one of the best meals I've ever had. So, okay, Aubrey keep going (laughs) no that's perfect that's just really to point out like hey can we um we hope that people can kind of shift their mindset from i'm just viewing food as these like protein carbs fat and micronutrients you know kind of like we view like a vitamin or supplement and how they can affect my body size um or maybe i'm just like fearful of food to wow like I'm in awe and I want to just like give thanks for Mm -hmm. everyone that's helped prepare this food um, that I get to eat. And so do you feel like the, your like gratitude and appreciation of all food has changed at all? Or have you seen that in maybe even your customers? Um, I mean, I think for me, absolutely. Cause it's like, you know, boots on the ground, you know, like we're living this life and experiencing all the time. But I would say, I mean, there's a lot of people that kind of, um, you know, come um, or approach us and they will say things like, hey, I just want to have chicken breast and that's it. And we're like, well, you know, I will sell you this chicken breast. However, the most economical way to eat chicken is a whole bird. And I will say that all the time. Um because, you know, again, like I think, and you know, you, you mentioned gratitude and I'm going to get back to that, but I think that a lot of times gratitude has been warped with convenience now. And so opposed to like, I, I want to, you know, honor this creature and eat in a way that honors the animal. I think we have really shifted our mindset to say like, well, I just want to eat something that's convenient to me. And I totally get that. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, like you need fast food. I totally understand that. But I also think that there still um, should be a sense of reverence that was missing from many. And it's hard to even like have that unless you've had an experience of like, you know, or really like understand the nuances that goes into um, the work that's involved uh, with raising your food. And yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know, I don't really know if that like fully answers that question. But I do. um, I do strive to because I get it, like, I I really can't, you know, change anyone's mind (laughs) about things. And and I've kind of, that's not a hill that I'm going to die on. But I think, you know, the work, our work is to really just, you know, showcase like how we believe um, we are called to steward God's creation and in hopes that people will appreciate that and respect that and also like aspire to support that work. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I've 
wrote that down of just like that, that you said the sense of reverence was missing um, and to be able to honor this animal. And I'm, I'm thinking of like the common thread of that we can be uh, impersonally disconnected to our food and we elevate our own personal preferences according to what diet culture has dictated is good or healthy or the best for us versus, I mean, you you know, you are caring for these animals day in and day out. And so to be able to, you know, it's, it's, uh, strange to think of honoring the animal as eating the whole thing versus eating a part of it. But it's like, you know, I mean, if we're, if God gave us these animals for food, we, we want to revere and respect him in all things. And so this is, can be a way of doing that. And, and also just brings a sense of connection. Um, so I think of, you know, it's like, well, what can we do now that we've heard a little bit more from your story and, and we'll send people to um, your Instagram. And I know you always like share really um, interesting stories and how you are processing these animals and taking care of them as well, which I love to be able to follow. Um, But I think of like, well, you know, you started out with being able to go to farmer's markets and to connect with farmers there. Um, And sometimes, you know, even just like, uh, praying for our food, to be able to establish that connection, that spiritual connection of gratitude. Um, and like, you know, when Jesus gave us communion, he said, this is my body um, and this is my blood. And so to be able to, to be able to take in him with reverence, to be able to give thanks for all things as made and given to us by God. Um, so like, what are some, maybe some practical tips that we can have, whether it's like sitting down, giving thanks for the meal, giving like thanks for each part of the meal and thinking about who was a part of growing and processing this food too. How are we connected um, as a body of Christ um, when we're eating a simple meal or when we're buying our food? Um, what's a way that we can, um, as, as consumers of food, um, be more connected with food um, in a way that can increase our health, increase our gratitude with God? Um, That's a really good question. So I would say um, find a farmer. (laughs) And I know that's like a, like, oh, you know, find a farmer. But really though, like I would say if you can, you know, find a farmer and try to support that farmer on a regular basis. So whether that's joining, um, a CSA, which is a community supported agriculture program. Um, that's where you, you basically, it's kind of like a subscription. So you would pay a certain amount at the start of the month and then, you know, it then kind of breaks up over the span of a year. Um, and then buying in bulk. So, you know, there are produce farmers where, you know, I know it's not tomato season now, but there are some produce farmers that still have like remnants of boxes of tomatoes that they're trying to move. So if you, you know, if you're down, I would say, you know, buy 20 pounds of tomatoes and make some ketchup. And um, this is going to sound kind of silly, but learn how to cook. Um, I think that cooking is really important. And it's a skill that a lot of people um, neglect. And they just kind (laughs) of, you know, it's like, oh, like, I'm just gonna like, not worry about that. Like I'll learn that another day. Like, no, like cooking is really, I, I think it, it's, um, 
when we're talking about like ancestral practices and, you know, honoring the whole animal in order for you to do that, you got to know how to cook. And so, um, I think learning how to cook really does, um, open up another window to just like expand, um, your skills so that you can be like confident in, um, being able to consume, um, however way that looks. So, and cooking is not just frying on a skillet or cooking on an open fire. It's also, you know, learning how to can, um, learning how to preserve. Um, you know, I know that, like I said, when it comes to produce, like if you do go and find that farmer who has like a lot of produce that they need to just get rid of, you know, sometimes that looks like, okay, well, can I pickle this? Can I, you know, like what are ways that I could be able to utilize this and still, you know, gain things, you know, from a nutrient standpoint. Um, another thing that you can do is I would say like about buying in bulk, like we can apply that also to livestock. Um, so, you know, if you're like, Hey, I really want to buy like a pig, but I can't eat a whole like 250, 300 pound hog myself. Um, a really great way of being able to afford, Pasture raised meat is to go in on it with friends. So if you've got three friends and they're like, hey, like I want to buy this too. Let's go on in on this together. Chances are you're going to get a discount because you're buying the whole animal. And two, like it's also a way that just, you know, helps the farmer say like, hey, and I've got like this pork share is sold, you know. Um, so from a financial standpoint, that's really encouraging to see that happen when people are buying like whole animals um, opposed to just parts. Um, but then also farmers that offer subscriptions, like that's another thing too. Like I know I said CSAs, it's like a subscription. Some farms actually offer subscriptions where you can purchase like a monthly subscription and then you could, you know, get your order on a weekly or monthly basis, however you do it. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the tips that I have. Uh, yeah. Those are great. And if you buy in bulk, I mean, you kind of alluded to this, but if you buy in bulk, you're going to be forcing yourself to learn how to cook because you don't want to waste, right? You are. <laughs> I know. You like, are. Trying to cook cuts yeah. of meat I had never cooked before. <laughs> like that was, I've learned a lot. Um, so that's such good tips because it, it really is accessible. I mean, buying a whole chicken is accessible to most of us and then learning to like put it, even if it's just like in the crock pot or if you're putting it or putting it in the oven and then using the bones to make bone broth afterwards. Like that's just, that increases, you know, we can't all start a farm. Um, although I personally would love to do yeah. <laughs> something, but not everyone does for sure. Casey, I feel you. <laughs> um, but you can do those little things of like, oh, I made this whole chicken and then I turned it into bone broth. Like, wow, look at this. It, it just creates that reverence and that connection as like a starting point. So those are wonderful, Paige. Um, yeah, I I think, I hope this has been like open eye opening for people um, and also just helped you realize like food is so much more than um, just the parts that we've boiled it down to. Like, oh, is it pure, is it, protein? Is it carbs? You know, again, I'm like just repeating that. Is it calories? Like, how is it going to make my body look? And um, that's like, God had such a bigger um, design and plan for us when it came to stewarding food and his creation. So 
Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Is there anything that you would like to add? And um, and also, would you pray for yeah, our listeners? I would love to do that. Um, yeah, no, I guess I would just like to encourage anyone who is on this call to, like Aubrey said, like look more into food opposed to just, you know, carbs and fat and whatever else there is. Um, I think food is, is more than that. I think that it it's something that can nourish us from the inside out. And, and hopefully this is an encouraging conversation just for people to just maybe ask questions and, and figure out what that looks like for them in their communities. So yeah, I will pray for us. Okay. Oh, oh, well, I just want to say, cause I know that you also help out um, other farmers and kind of provide some education there. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about grass grades in particular and how you would like people to connect with y'all? Yeah. So we have offered classes. Um, that's kind of been a new thing. Um, we have done chicken processing classes. So if you are a homesteader or you're a farmer who's like, Hey, I need to stop sending my chickens to a processor. You know, <laughs> we can help you with that, um, to learn the skill of being able to process um, your chickens. And then, um, also, we plan on doing a, um, a family hog harvest um, this winter because it's the best time to um, harvest pork. I mean, anyone who's like hunting, they already know this. So I'm not telling you anything new. Um, but yeah, so I feel like that is going to be, I'm not like I know it's going to be a really fun um, class to sign up for because we're not only going to teach like this is how you like start to finish, like harvest a hog, but also uh, we'll do some cooking. So we'll teach like how to cure bacon um, and then also how to render lard, like things like that, that, you know, um, like Aubrey said, if you get the whole thing, you're like, but what do I do with all of this? <laughs> um, I, I like, I know how to make head cheese. It's not my favorite thing, um, but I probably will just like fry the whole um the whole head and eat it that way because like, <laughs> it's really good. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't really love head cheese. So anyway, but just, you know, stuff like that is fun. And, um, our website is currently under construction, but if you are interested in joining, um, any of those classes, feel free to shoot us an email at info at grassgraze.com. And we would love to follow up with you. About mm. that. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Okay. So that's, if you're local to Durham, North Carolina, Yes, if um, you're local to Durham, sorry. <laughs> we should just get a film team sent out and you can film this and make it available online as well. But it's so much more fun to do in person. So really maybe y'all can uh, take a field trip to, to Grass Grace Farm. <laughs> It'd be worth it. We'll make it worth it. It'll be fun. Yeah, thank you. So, all right, I'll pray for us. Um, dear Lord, uh, we thank you so much for this time uh, just to be able to gather and talk about what it looks like Um just to have gratitude for uh, you and your creation. And um, man, I'm just so grateful that you have this calling upon our life to steward your creation in this way. And I hope that for all of our viewers who are listening today, that they also feel like they are part of this picture as well. Um, In some way, whether that's just like meeting a farmer or um, just having an understanding about what you have created and the fact that it is good, um, I think just opens us up to more of what you, um, plan to reveal for us and not just here, but also, um, in the kingdom to come. Uh, Father, I pray that you will continue to bless us, uh, and just continue to, um, 
be with us, Holy Spirit, while we are going about our day um, and that we remember your sacrifice that you've made. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Goldbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. <laughs>